You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. You, you feel this, this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Six zero eight five zero one zero seven one eight is the number. New callers go directly to the front of the line. We don't have any of those types of things, though, so I do appreciate you checking in and checking out. But unfortunately, we can't chat because Garrett's got some stuff to say. Hey, Ryan. Uh, it's Friday, and I wanted to get in my uh, Super Bowl picks because I'll probably be uh, patrolling tomorrow and, and Sunday. All right. Uh, so anyways, uh I'm not torn about who I want to win. I want Kansas City to win because I do like Andy Reid as a coach, and I do like Mahomes as a player. Uh, so I don't have any uh, any uh, feelings of uh, being torn about it whatsoever. Because Philly fans, I'm sorry, but uh, you guys booed Santa Claus, so so there, there's no way I'm backing you up on this one. Uh, as far as Super Bowl and stuff I think it'll be a very high high score being played there in Arizona in the in the dome so hoping for uh, some great commercials um, I think uh, we're seeing some uh, eke out a little bit and they're they're pretty funny so looking forward to that part uh, and when it comes to uh, spending time in the darkness uh, me and my family actually spent like seven days in complete darkness uh, not because we wanted to, but because we had a uh, tornado go through and wiped out electricity in our whole uh, region for uh, probably more than 12, 13 days for some people. But, uh, yeah, we spent time playing games by candlelight and cooking food on the grill and stuff, so we had a good time. But uh, it wasn't something I would choose to do, but we, we managed. So hoping Rogers uh, figures out what he needs to do in the time of darkness. So... Maybe he needs to call up Packernet after dark and kind of really get some insights from things. So I know we all do. Have a good weekend, Ryan, and uh, hope for uh, an entertaining Super Bowl. Have a good one. Should reach out to Rogers and be like, "Hey, as soon as you emerge, you should uh, call into the show and let me know what you think." A um, couple things. Number one, since you brought up the Super Bowl in the darkness thing. Um, I actually didn't see the whole controversy 
I was very tired last night and I started dozing off and my son kept waking me up and my wife kept scolding him like just let the man sleep. Um, so I, I like the, the, I don't want to say the entire second half, but a lot of the second half I was in and out of consciousness. And then my son woke me up and was like, Hey, chiefs won. And I was like, Oh, okay, well let's go to bed. So that's how my super bowl went. Um, as far as the commercials, I, I didn't super enjoy them. They're, they're more like kind of interesting than it used to be. Where it was like, Oh dude, that's funny, you know, or funny or quirky. Like it, it seems like you go through eras with the Super Bowl stuff. I remember, you know, the 90s was Super Bowl commercials are awesome. They're funny. And I also think it was easier to be funny back then because there wasn't, you know, we didn't have YouTube and and all these different the constant memes. And we're just, there's a barrage of like crazy, quirky, funny, goofy, silly, whatever. Um, so you, you do a couple frogs doing Budweiser and it's like, dude, that is the best thing I've ever seen. Now it's like, I don't know. But you used to have like the the Doritos commercial that was like through like the two thousands or whatever. Where it was like these wild, crazy things, and I was like, dude, that's pretty. That's pretty funny. That's wild. Now it seems like they just spend a billion dollars getting every big actor that they can, and it's like, oh, look, it's a like the one commercial. And I, and the problem is, I'm kind of out of the loop, so seventy five percent of the time, I don't get the reference. I don't know who that person is. Um. What the heck? They, they they made some kind of a reference before to like a rap song. I'm like, oh, that must be the guy that did the rap song. And it was with Maddie Matheson, who I know. So I know Maddie Matheson, the cook. And then it was, was it like cash rules, everything around me or something? I'm like, oh, it's that guy. I don't think that's the one, but it was something like that. I'm like, oh, that must be the some rapper from the 90s or something. Um, Or just, you know, again, like Mr. Beast, like somebody's running or oh, the, the flag football girl, which was a stupid commercial. But she's running, and there's like, oh, that was Mr. Beast, and oh, there's so-and-so, and oh, there's somebody I'm probably supposed to know but don't. Um, and then her mom tried to catch her flag and stuff. It was, again, the commercial was stupid. All these commercials are stupid, but it's just kind of like you watch it to see, like, what big celebrities are in it. It's like, ah, I, I, that's funny. I haven't seen that in a long time. That's funny. That's guy. Nah, nah. That's about it. I, I they're, Again, they're more interesting, and, like, you want to watch it to see, like, what's going to happen. So I'm I'm glued in, so you know, mission accomplished there. But and they're not funny. Um and most of them are downright stupid. But again, it's it's interesting because you know like seventeen different big name celebrities are gonna pop up. And that's like, oh uh. or uh like what was it, Jennifer Lopez and what's his name? Which that whole controversy or whatever with those two being caught on camera, which is the dumbest crap in the world. Obviously that was fake. Why is the camera staring directly at them when somebody else is talking and then it like caught them in a moment and then they just happen to be in a Super Bowl commercial. Like, come on, man. This is the cheesiest crap ever. It's nothing worse than good actors acting poorly for the sake of some cheesy nonsense. Uh, but anyways, and then as far as the darkness thing, um, I had, give me a second here, do-do-do-do-do-do, Minneapolis Bob on Twitter, M-P-L-S-B-O-B-1. He enlightened me to some stuff, uh, which probably is common or known to some people. He's probably met, mentioned it on Pat McAfee or something, but I didn't necessarily know it. He's friends. Aaron Rodgers is friends with a guy named Aubrey Marcus, and it sounds like Aubrey's the guy that's kind of turned him on to a lot of this stuff. He has a documentary thing that he released. He's got a YouTube channel, 440,000 subscribers. Two weeks ago, he made a YouTube video called Awake in the Darkness, full documentary by Aubrey Marcus, and it was documenting this darkness retreat he went on. 
anyways, as you're watching this, and I'm 53 minutes in, I did skip quite a bit. Um, you get to about 45 minutes in into this darkness thing, and you realize, yeah, he's going insane for sure. Um, and on top of the guy already being a little crazy to begin with. But when his wife was talking, she kind of led on that essentially what they do is they they have a business where they send people through these retreats. One of the big things that they do is the ayahuasca thing. So it sounds like Rogers is just kind of plugged in with this Aubrey guy. He's probably paying Aubrey to be like his personal guide through this these experiences and whatnot. And so Aubrey went through this darkness thing, and now Rogers is going through it. And I'm sure Aubrey added this to his package or whatever that he can you can pay him to go do these things. I don't want to say charlatan because maybe he probably believes this stuff. I don't know, but it, it sounds like this is how he makes, I mean, he did again, the, the documentary for him went on to explain that he was like a successful businessman and he kind of pivoted to this and he turned it into a successful business. And anyways, uh, Roger seems to be plugged in with this guy. Um, he even went and found, uh, it looks like on Instagram, Aaron Rogers taking a picture with Aubrey and his wife. Um, so anyways, I think that's where a lot of this comes from. If you want to check out the documentary, um, I don't want to say it's necessarily eye-opening. It's more or less what I expected. But if you want to kind of get a picture of what Rogers is plugged into and the kinds of things he's into and believing and doing, and um, I think this will give you somewhat of a picture of what that is. I actually think it's really interesting from sort of a, you know, I'm always intrigued by people that are very different than I am because I can't comprehend how they can comprehend these things. But there's a lot of people that are like this and it kind of their personality traits manifest in different ways in terms of the kinds of things that they believe, but they're unbelievably open-minded and they're always searching for something. They're searching for truth and they always find it in these weird corners. And usually they believe like brand new things. I know this is like a, well, this is ancient, this, that, or the other, but it's, it's, it's all kind of like a new age philosophical stuff. You see a lot of this in churches too especially sort of new age contemporary type stuff, you know, drunk on the Holy Spirit type nonsense. It's the exact same kinds of people. It just manifests in different ways. These are probably the people that you would find in cults and everything else. Again, not saying this is a cult. I'm just saying that these personality types kind of gravitate toward these kinds of things, and I find it interesting. I don't understand it because I'm very much, I guess you would say, a closed-minded person, which I know is generally seen as a bad thing, but... Um, I think a balance is required. Skeptic might be uh, another way to put it. So I could never do this or, or be this. Even if I wanted to kind of do it, you look at how they interact with each other when they sit around and he's like sitting in a circle. They're all holding hands and sitting in these meditative poses and he's like crying about his dad. And it's like, I, I'm sorry, I can't do this. So anyways, it's just, it's kind of interesting to see how Rogers is wired. And this is how he's wired. He's just, he's wildly open-minded, which again is kind of a misnomer. I think it's more of a personality type that gravitates toward the unusual. Because if you were to ask Rogers about certain things, he would be very, quote-unquote, close-minded or judgmental toward it. That's how everybody is. There's the things that you believe, and there's the things that you don't believe, and it's just the way it goes. Nobody believes everything because that's nonsense. So, again, it's more interesting than anything. Obviously, I wildly disagree with 95% of it. I'm open to the idea that, first of all, I do think that our phones and computers and everything kind of pollute 
us, it's hard to grow as a person when you're constantly inundating yourself with noise. You know, if there are any issues, it's really hard to know about it and work through it because you're constantly hiding it and running from it and masking it. You know, it's hard to know if there are any deficiencies. So I think some good could come of it, but I just think that this is kind of a whole different arena here. You know, like when I unplugged from everything for like a week, one of the things I noticed, first of all, is my memory was unbelievable. I thought my memory was just broken. Like my brain just doesn't work. Dude, I remembered everything. I just shut my phone off and the internet off for like a week. So I'm not opposed to trying to grow and get away from some of the nonsense. But uh, yeah, again, if you, if you want to, your opinion will probably slip a little bit of Aaron Rodgers. Because the way my brain is wired, I look at this and I think that you guys are have minds of mush and will fall for all kinds of nonsense. But whatever, to each our own. I wish him the best. Hopefully he doesn't go insane while he's in there. Like this guy Aubrey very obviously did. Spoke with God, made God laugh. I said, I love you, God. And God laughed. Knowing that I am God too. And just said, good, good, So anyways, that's what Rogers will be doing for the next several days. Honestly, the one thing I got out of that little good thing is I want to figure out how to do that. What is it? That, that, uh, is it like a Mongolian thing where they like make that sound from their chest? It's kind of a, I don't know, what is that? Like a Mongolian chant? I got to look that up. Yeah, Mongolian throat singing. Here you go. I'm going to figure out how to do that. So see, I learned something. Thank you, Aubrey. Helping me better myself so I can learn how to throat sing. I wonder, there's got to be YouTube videos on learning how to throat sing, right? Found a guy. He's going to teach me how to do this. <laughs> Boom. Nailed it. All right. That's what I'm doing today. Anyways, I apologize. Um, I just, I was, I spent almost an hour watching that guy sit in the darkness and talk nonsense to himself. So I just thought I'd share that with you. Garrett's got a little more for us. What's going on, man? Oh, I totally forgot uh, exciting news. Um, for Saturday, I have been chosen to be a guest host on our local radio sports voice talk show. Ew. So we're all going to be discussing uh, the Super Bowl and everything. And uh, the guys have always uh, been really good about talking about the Super Bowl and uh, just being fair-minded as far as how they choose our teams and stuff, and so we get to discuss for two hours uh, talking Super Bowl. So I'm literally looking forward to it, and I want to say I have gone over with great detail uh, listening to podcasts from the last few weeks to kind of get prepared mentally and have my facts straight and uh, at least have some intellectual uh, content to share with the show. So I just want to say thanks. Have a good one. Cool, Garrett. Well, that sounds like fun, man. Um, yeah, I think that's the best. You know, usually when I do 
interviews and stuff, I try to get my, I mean, obviously, well, I don't know, maybe are you going to the studio or remoting in or whatever? Obviously this is done, but I like to have tabs open with data. So I'll go to like pro football reference so I can just have all that stuff up. I've got PFF up with a couple different tabs, one kind of showing the roster just so I can speak kind of intelligibly about it in terms of them and whether they're on IR, how many games they played, the general PFF. I'm not going to probably reference PFF because it turns people off, but just so I kind of have a little shorthand in terms of who's good, who's bad. Our lads might be up to if I need it just to kind of, again, have a quick reference. Not so I can sound smart referencing the third stringer or whatever. It's because I forget the name of Patrick Mahomes sometimes. So I got to have that up just so I can kind of talk and not sound like an idiot and not remember who's who. So just the the point is, make sure you get the basics down. Know who the key players are. Try to get a sense of how many games, you know, I mean, if you, you don't want to say this guy's been terrible. And they're like, well, he played, you know, because he had 400 yards on the season. They're like, yeah, he was out for like nine weeks. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm stupid. Sorry. Kind of have the basics laid out. Pro football reference, again, is great in terms of number one offense, number 29 defense or something. And you can kind of look at it and be like, okay, I got that down. And if you just throw out little things like that, you sound really smart. So, and then, you know, if you could find like a nugget, also very smart to kind of do research. That's the other thing I like to do too, is just to find out what the talking points are. So listen to Chiefs YouTube videos as they break stuff down and then watch some Eagles YouTube videos and stuff or podcasts or whatever. Just again, the, the, the narratives and talking points that they have, you want to kind of be in line with that. So you kind of feel like, so people feel like, you know, what's going on and you do. Granted, you just learn the information. It's kind of like cramming for a test. You smash as much information in there. Then when you do the show, this is your final exam. Then you dump it on there. You destroy it. And in two, three weeks, you forget everything that you learned. So there you go. All right, Nate, what do you got for me, man? I got this whole beep button ready to go for you, brother. Hey, Ryan, Nate. Um, wanted to call in because I had uh, a question for you. Yeah. Um, could really use somebody with your knowledge on this. Okay. Um, why is Brett Favre such a massive... And uh, how does he continue to be more of a human piece of than Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> um, which is hard to do. Uh, it's real hard to do. But at least Aaron Rodgers is a piece of in a different way. Okay. Like he's not hurting anybody. Right. I just don't agree with him. I don't. Uh, I've I've said more than enough on on why I don't care for Aaron Rodgers. Right. But Brad Favre is like the next level piece of. Shit. Now he's suing for defamation after he stole a bunch of money from from charity and uh and then if we go back even further sending uh sending picks um when he was still a player like is, is there no end to this is this just going to be every green bay quarterback from now on is always going to end uh, in a dramatic fashion and then they're going to slowly become worse and worse as time goes on so uh yeah i guess three questions <laughs> was that three i guess i wasn't keeping track well, let's let's start with Aaron Rodgers. I I disagree with the assessment that he's a POS. Uh, I think he's a weirdo. But and and I you know weirdo, self-centered, um, which makes sense. I mean, when you when you've been the greatest in the world at something your entire life and everybody worships you twenty four seven, it's probably hard to not be slightly self-absorbed. I guess, but yeah, I I wouldn't say. Uh, I wouldn't say POS. The The thing that sucks about Brett Favre, I was thinking about this as you were talking, and I've I've said it kind of before, but could you imagine if he just re retired a Packer? 
and then went away just quietly, like a lot of other Packers do. Whether whether you stay in state or leave, but you got guys like Gilbert Brown and Leroy Butler and just these great dudes. Brett Favre, if he never went to the Jets and never had a scandal with one of the cheerleaders and then never, you know, went on to, you know, steal money and then lie that you knew about it, even though there's text messages very clearly illustrating that you knew about it, and then suing people for defamation because they're claiming that you knew about it when you say that you didn't know about it, despite the fact that it's going to be very easily proved that you did know about it. So now it seems like you're a, a liar who is now trying to sue people as a money grab, probably because you're going broke. When you d- and, and here's the other thing. There are going to be people that believe you if you say, I didn't know. And the, and the case got dropped, right? Basically, he, he gave back some of the money, and they're like, let's just let it go. Let's pretend he didn't know, whatever. We'll just move on. You move on, we'll move on. There would have been people that have been like, hey, he says he didn't know. I don't know, whatever. Now that you're suing these very, very wealthy people and very, very powerful people, they're going to get better lawyers than you, Brett, and they're going to dredge out everything you did, which everybody already knows, but now you're just highlighting what you did. They're going to put... By the way, Pat McAfee is petty as all get out. I kind of respect it because that's exactly how I would be. If you come at me, I'm going to come at you five times as hard. When the NFL wouldn't let him use like images or videos or whatever... He spent 70% of his shows from then on ripping the NFL, illustrating how big a piece of crap they are, how I paid you millions of dollars for media rights, and now you're going to try to sue me over this? So they're going to mock you, they're going to ridicule you, they're going to call you money grabbers and money grubbers, and people already don't like the NFL, and people worship and love Pat McAfee because he's a good dude, and he works hard, and he does everything the right way. And now, Brett, you're going to go through this, too. And Shannon, by the way, that dude is a fighter. And he is going to shred you. And he has an entire network behind him. And he's got a bunch of people in the media. Because now that's the other thing. You're attacking the media. The media already hates you. They're all going to pile on you. And all of this stuff is going to be dragged out. And it's going to be put on display, everything that you did. Pat McAfee, who's one of the most popular and watched NFL shows, every single one of your text messages is going to be blasted all over that show all the time. And it's going to be brought up five times as much. You're suing them because you want them to shut up. They're going to talk about it more now. They already are. He could have been the biggest legend in the entire state if he just left. I mean, he could have been, I don't want to say Bart Starr because Bart Starr is in a whole other category, but it would have been very similar. And how great of a thing if we could have had Brett just walk away not go to the Jets, not go to the Vikings and try to come at us and have this weird little rift between Packers fans and Brett Favre where it was, what was it, like 10 years later he came back and was basically welcomed back and we all were like, all right, we give him a round of applause, like we forgive you for kind of being a douchebag or whatever and trying to come at us and do all this crap. And then he goes and does what he does down there. And it's like, dude, I want to like you so bad. Like you, you don't understand. You are so many people's, myself included, childhood heroes. You were a superhero. What are you doing? Why? I mean, how, how could you be this stupid? You're, everything you're doing is just digging yourself a hole. Who told you this was a good idea? Even if you were to win this, let's just say, because I don't know jack squat about the law, but let's just say because the court decided that he didn't know. I don't even know if that's the case, but let's just say, right? They dropped the case. They're going to say he didn't know. As a result, the court has determined that he does not have 
knowledge of the the crime that was committed. Therefore, um, he can sue people for saying that he did something that the court has determined that he did not do. And let's say he wins his case and he gets millions of dollars. He's not going to be loved. He's going to be hated because everybody knows what he did. And now you just sued two very likable people, even Shannon Sharp. You might not like him. And he says some stupid stuff and he's on a stupid show. But he's, he's, he's a guy that is worthy of a lot of respect for what he's done, for what he's built, for what he's accomplished. And you're going to take money from them? You're a guy that stole money from the state, from the city, from, and it, it was designated for the poor, and you took that money, and now you're stealing money from them on a technicality? You didn't win anything. You're going to be hated whether you win or lose. This was a terrible decision. And again, maybe it's out of necessity because he's flat broke and he needs money. I have no idea. But this could have been such a great story. He could have been the next Bart Starr, the, the guy that walks away a hero and a legend. And, and to this day, everybody would still be talking glowingly about him. What a horrible thing he's brought on himself. And he's making it worse, and I don't understand it. I don't get it. You very obviously knew, Brett. There are text messages with you talking to somebody saying, is there any way the media could find out where this money came from? Dude, come on. You, you got to just go away. And so, yeah, I mean, we, we potentially there could be some kind of a weird thing where it's like you look back over these legends. And of course, Bart Starr passed away very unfortunately. And now the legacy. And that's the other thing, man. I mean, it, it, it almost feels in a way, and I understand that this maybe is a little unfair, it, it in a way feels like they're tarnishing Bart Starr's legacy, you know? I say they, maybe it's unfair to talk about Rogers this way, but, you know, he set the standard of what it means to be a professional, what it means to be a, a quarterback of the Green Bay Packers, how you carry yourself. And you look at Leroy Butler, and he, he follows in that mold, and all these guys just being good, upstanding people that remember where they came from and they respect the people that are here. And, and they're, just, they're just good, genuine people that love what they did. They respect the game. They respect all this stuff. And, you know, look at where we are now. And, you know, I don't know what path Aaron Rodgers is going to go down, but it doesn't feel good. You know, the way he carried himself with the Packers in general, I don't really appreciate. The way that he tried to attack the team and throw the team under the bus because he didn't get his way and demanding more power and more of this and more of that. And then he finally gets it, and you can see that we're crippled and we're handcuffed by hit not just his contract, but by the fact that we had to bring everybody else back and do all these things. And I understand that that's on Gutekunst, but the, the biggest mistake Gutekunst made was believing and investing in Aaron Rodgers. It was a bad decision. And I listened to... Uh, well, I shouldn't narrate so much, but all this would have been better on its own podcast, I guess. But you know, Colin Coward was talking about he remembers the 70s and 80s and how irrelevant the Packers were. And, you know, he understands why the Packers don't want to go back there. And that kind of made me think about Gutekunst. You don't want to be the GM that, that ruined it all. You know, you've got these great GMs from Wolf to Thompson that carried on this legacy and this tradition. You don't want to be the guy that oversees the next you know, that started the era of darkness. And maybe it was that fear. I don't want to be that guy, so I'm going to bring Rodgers back because at least then I know we're not going to be a poverty franchise, even if we don't win. I don't know the motivation, but you start to wonder. So I wish it wasn't that way. And I, and I do think there's a good chance that Rodgers could be more of a, uh, more of a Bart star. I mean, he, he does, I think he tries to be and wants to be that way, carry himself a certain way that is respectful and decent. He, you know, obviously he and the team didn't see eye to eye. But again, I don't think he's a team guy. I think he's, again, that's why I said I think he should be a golfer. 
He needs to be able to chart his own path and be an individual. And in the NFL, it's all about team and there are rules and there's structure and there's a people above you that you have to shut your mouth and, and obey. And I don't think that that's the way he wants to be. And he's not going to put up with it and he's not going to tolerate it. And that's when you start to see the bad side of Aaron Rodgers. That's when the, the Zen Rodgers goes right out the door and the beast comes out. And so I think when he leaves, I think it'll give him the opportunity to be at his best and just be himself and to be all Zen and calm. And I, what I'm saying is I don't anticipate there being a lot of problems with Rodgers, but who knows? Who knows? Okie dokie. So, hey, what's up there, Ryan Pack Daddy? What's going on, Nico? So, I think we've talked in Nassim about the upcoming game enough. Now it's time to talk about what's really important for Sunday. What are y'all making? So, I'm limited with my, my, my barbecue grill. I can't have it where I'm living currently. No okay. open flames. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Um, so, it's over at my buddy's shop. It's 10 miles from my house. So, I ain't playing that. So I am have decided to smoke me up a piece of nice thick arichetta or skirt steak or carne asada, whatever you want to call it. Nice. We're going to go with some carne asada nachos. Nice. I'll smoke them to about 1.30, then see yep. the outside on a, on a cast iron. It's going to be good. Uh, all the trimmings, I'm going to... Uh, Make some fresh homemade pito. I know how to make all that junk. Nice. We're going some guac, sell cream. Oh, there's even a restaurant in town, believe it or not, here in the middle of nowhere. They make fire beans. If you've never had good beans, I'm not talking about like open them out of can. There's a difference. Like fire beans, good beans, they're like eating a steak made of beans. That's all <laughs> I can say. I'll probably get a big old side of them and, uh, Oh, man, I tell you what. So we're going carne asada nachos with fresh pico, all the fixings, some beans, and we'll have some, maybe maybe we'll go margaritas. I don't know. I haven't done margaritas in a while. Last time I did margaritas, I ended up in a tree. So. But anyways, <laughs> I'd love to hear what you were having. Anybody else want to call and regale us or regale us with your uh, your fixings? Please do. I like to talk about food. So, yes, let's do this. Go pack go. I can't wait for the off season. So much cool things. I said, one of my buddies is going to come, but uh, he's, I'm not, he had some four-day thing he had to do where he locked himself in the door. So I don't know. But anyways, um, <laughs> I can't wait for the off-season junk to fall. It's going to be so fun. Who knows what, what we all going to be saying in a few months, you know, in the start of the next season with, with whatever team we may have, some old, some new. I don't know. I'm excited either way. Let's do this. And don't forget the backflips for Bijan. Yes, sir. Now, remember, you're going into a pool, so you don't even have to complete the entire backflip. You just land on your butt. Oh, man. But each one's like five bucks, maybe like ten bucks all the way, five bucks halfway. I don't know. Get Clayton down there. Get JJ. I know one of y'all got like a little baby. Maybe toss the baby around. I don't know. Just anything. You got to raise some money. You know what I'm saying? You got a lot of stuff you're donating to. Some good causes, all that good stuff. But, hey, go back home. and we'll uh, talk after the game. I, I'm not going to lie. The last part, you lost me a little bit. Um, back, I, I do remember you saying something about doing backflips for Bijan as a way of like raising money. I still don't exactly know. And I, I, I don't know where the pool is coming from. I don't have a pool. And, and I definitely can't do a backflip while I'm sitting on my butt. And I don't know what Clayton and JJ are going to do. And I guess he's going to bring his baby and throw the baby around. That sounds dangerous. But um, 
Anyways, Nico, yeah, so I, I'll be honest, I'm a little disappointed in myself. I did make the steaks. Um, I was lazy. I did sous vide, just like you said, I did it to 130 and then seared them. But I just did the sear inside. I was too lazy to go out and fire up the charcoal grill like a grown-up and just do it the right way. I was thinking, should I just do it all the way through on the charcoal or sous vide then charcoal, which is probably the right way, but... Either way, I just seared them inside, and it was it was fine. I mean, it's, it's steak, and I did use um, we we got um, some a, a couple cheaper. I don't even know what they were. It just said like family pack of steaks or whatever. It was these weird looking things. Um, but I use that because I I never use like the beef rub that I have because I don't use rub on beef generally because it's weird and I I want like natural steak. But I'm like you know what? Since I'm being kind of lazy with it. And since these are not the greatest cuts of steak I'm going to use, it was actually pretty good, man. It was, uh, I don't remember what kind it was, but it was a pretty good beef rub. And um, yeah, again, kind of disappointed. I made a rice, tried to jazz it up a little bit. I remember when I was a kid, they would always do either like rice with mushroom soup or rice with like the, the cream of chicken. And I just remember that. And we got cream of chicken sitting there. I have no idea why, but we have it. And I'm like, dude, I'm going to put some cream of chicken. And it kind of brought me back to like my childhood. And I gave it to my kids, and like, this is disgusting. I'm like, whatever, dude, eat your plain rice like a whatever. So I did it, and I tried to jazz it up, throw a little cheese in there. I'm like, ooh, got cheesy rice, got some steak. But it just, I just, because I was lazy, it just didn't feel right, you know? Like, it didn't feel like I went all out and made some actual real steaks on the real grill with that real grill flavor and, like, made a real side. I made biscuits for the first time the other day, which were delicious, by the way. I kind of messed it up because I used garlic salt instead of garlic powder, so it was like double salt, it was way too salty, probably a little bit too much garlic too, because I put like a garlic butter over the top of the biscuits, and I think I put a little bit too much garlic in it, try to just like shake it in, and it kind of like poured in, so it was, it was a little too garlic, a little too salty, but man, they were good biscuits, I made them cheesy biscuits, but I could have done like biscuits with steak, and like just went all out, and who knows, doing all kinds of stuff, but again, just was lazy, and Believe it or not, I was doing the podcast. I know I haven't been, I've been late on podcasts, but this is like, I don't have a lot of time. I'm trying to squeeze in the podcast and I got to rush upstairs and do the steaks. And then we got to rush to do the Super Bowl and blah, blah, blah. And then my middle daughter wanted to do dessert and I was going to try to get her to do like a real dessert so that we could actually eat it. But she wants to do her own thing. So she like mixes stuff together. The other day she did like powdered sugar with basically nothing else so you're like eating straight powdered sugar and it's like i'm gagging trying to eat this but you don't want to like be rude about it and then i'm like all right why don't we do like peanut butter bars because that would be super easy but again i was lazy and she's like can i just go make my dessert now And i was like yeah dude just go make your dessert and then she just like takes all this stuff that i probably shouldn't let her have because we only have like one of them but whatever i don't again just being lazy and i was tired dude i passed out during the super bowl i don't know Bottom line is the Super Bowl kind of sucked. Let's just be honest about it. It was I didn't want to watch it. I didn't care. There's a lot of people talking too. Like this is the worst Super Bowl. Like there was no hype for it and everything. And I agree. Like I did. I kept forgetting that the Super Bowl was this week. So just everything about it felt off. Like I just I couldn't even try to make it a big event. So like I made steak and the kids ate some steak and rice. And then for the most part they didn't eat a ton of it. My littlest one was the one that was like gobbling the steak, which is always cool when you make steak and like your two year old is like, dude, give me more steak. It's like, you sure you don't want a donut? They're like, no, give me steak. I'm like, yes, I love you. And then they say they want a donut, and you throw the donuts in the garbage, like, shame on you. No donuts. But then everybody's, like, eating chips, and I was eating chips. And I didn't even make, like, a, it, I can make a chip dip. I didn't even make a chip dip. My wife got some taco dip thing, which I don't really like. 
And I was like, I don't know, man, I'll just eat plain chips, I guess. There's probably salsa in the fridge, but you know what I mean? Like, it was just, it was such a pathetic attempt on my part, and I'm really ashamed. And now I feel like after this podcast, I got to go upstairs and do it up, man. I really want to make some good chicken, which sounds like it's a fake thing, but I'm telling you. And I actually wrote down the recipe, and I freaking lost it, and so I'm going to recreate it, and I'm going to give you that recipe, and it's going to change your life. You're going to have to spend 100 bucks on a sous vide, but I'm promising you, you don't want to do chicken any other way. Everybody's like, chicken sucks. Yeah, it's because you don't know how to do chicken. Sous vide is the only way to do chicken. Otherwise, you're drying that bad boy out. Sous vide, no drying. And you're not cooking to 165. We're cooking it to like, I don't know, 140 or something. And yes, it's completely safe. Then you get it on the grill and you get that charcoal. And then you put like a a barbecue rub on it. And then you get some real good barbecue sauce. Oh, barbecue chicken, bro. I'm going to make biscuits. Then I'm going to make cornbread. We're doing it Southern style. And it's going to be amazing. And I'm going to redeem myself. Because I'm a man. (laughs) I'm a real man. I don't just sous vide steak. (laughs) that thing does make me lazy though it's good it makes great food it really does if you do it right but it makes you lazy and then you feel like a completely insufficient loser on that note why don't we take a break (laughs) it'll change your life but you better put fire on that meat when it's done or you will feel like a failure patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy can support the podcast for as little as a dollar a month um venmo is packernet podcast if you'd like to do a one-time donation to the show Otherwise, please consider giving to Fertile Ground Ranch Discipleship Ministry. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on? It's Omar, the firefighter. Omar! Hey, uh, I'm going to see if I can talk about three quick subjects in three minutes. Probably right. not. Um, one, y'all got me on the B. John Robinson. Uh, <laughs> I, like, I actually wanted to get around. Like, at first I was like, hell no. <laughs> but now I'm like, yeah, yeah, it makes perfect sense. Why don't you not get the best player in the draft? Um, but also, I was thinking, is there a way we could trade Aaron Jones? would be my first question, because I know his contract is so high, or he's just got off just cutting him. Um, I don't see us keeping all three, right. but hey, maybe maybe they could afford it. I don't know, but um, I would think you just trade them, even if you only got like a a second or you know a third. Oh Lord, a third. We don't know if we want that, but still, <laughs> like I would think trading them for anything would be better than just cutting them. You know, but I'm not sure how that would work. Maybe you can look up and see which would be a better case scenario for that. That's my first question. Second, always pause the wrong freaking one. Um, yeah, so that, that's another thing to consider about this, right? We all talk about Bijan and, you know, again, I'm still torn on it. I'm, I'm less than 50% that we should, but also super hyped about him. Cause I do think he's a great player. Um, the, the part about that, that we don't discuss enough is feel like you'd almost need to trade Aaron Jones, right. Or, or cut him, release him, whatever. And yeah, my understanding is the trade would be basically identical to um, releasing him if we did a pre-June one, which is, you know, we would get compensation this year. Um, it would cost us $9.5 million in dead money, but his contract right now is 20 So we would save $10.5 million by trading Aaron Jones, which obviously is massive for a team that's, you know, in the hole right now and needs a bunch of money freed up. And again, yeah, we probably get a, a pretty decent chunk of change. Um, if you look at Aaron Jones's contract, I don't exactly know how this all pans out, but I don't think he's massively expensive in terms of his actual base salary contract, um, which of course they could renegotiate or sign him to a, another con. I mean, his contract really only goes till 2024 and he's 30 years old, which is not that old. I mean, for an, for, for a running back, it kind of is, but again, we haven't used him very much, so he's probably got a lot more tread than most running backs, um, proven himself as a great runner, great receiver, great, you know, third down guy, power, speed, vision, hasn't really slowed down at all. You know, I mean, we talk about Aaron Rodgers, obviously people are going to be concerned about his level of play. Aaron Jones was was great this past year. He's been relatively healthy over the last several years. That was a concern early in his career. Seemed like he was getting injured all the time, but I think he's really done a great job staying healthy. The other thing that I would think about it. I saw somebody who was it posted on Twitter. Um, I think it might've been Bukowski, but I'm not positive. No, that's something else I wanted to talk about. Marcus Mosier said, taking a look back at the leading rushers from the last 14 Super Bowls and their base salary. And it just really just goes to show that the Super Bowl winners um, did not pay their running backs very much. I mean, the highest was it says Seahawks, Percy Harvin, 2.5 million. And I don't know why Percy Harvin would be on there. I guess it's he was the leading rusher. I don't know. Otherwise, Ray Rice in 2012 was two million. Leonard Fournette 
in 2020 was $2 million. And again, we're looking at Aaron Jones with a $20 million cap hit this year. Now, to be fair, you'd have to, you know, it, it, it doesn't necessarily mean if you're paying your running back a lot, you're going to lose. But it does show that you certainly don't need a high-priced running back. And obviously, that is going to cripple you a bit. Now, if we keep Aaron Jones, obviously, we're going to restructure his deal, which is going to hurt us a little bit. But yeah, if you get a guy like Bijan and you trade Aaron, Aaron Jones, and I don't know what his compensation would be, a second-round pick would be fantastic. But the, the benefit, my, my first thought was, this is a reason why you don't draft running backs early, but not necessarily. It's, it's not saying that you, you need a bad running back. It's similar to the quarterbacks. You want a cheap quarterback. But generally, that means you want a really good quarterback on a rookie deal. It doesn't mean you want a bad quarterback. It just means if you can save money, that would be great. If we draft Bijan, we're not going to be paying him a lot. He's going to be on a rookie contract. And so we'll have two, two really good running backs on rookie deals. We're not going to be paying them a lot of money. The, the, the most expensive running back will still be Aaron Jones because his $9 million cap hit is going to be the highest cap hit of running backs that we have. So it still kind of works with that formula. The only problem is then when it comes time to pay A.J. Dillon or pay um, Bijan, are we just going to have to let him go? In which case you would say, wouldn't you rather, if that is your strategy, wouldn't you rather just invest and kind of continually invest in sort of early-ish, late-ish, mid-ish round, you know, third round, fourth round running backs, maybe second round? Because if you, if you get Bijan, you got to pay him. And you're going to pay him a ton. And I just don't know that that's necessarily the best winning formula. But again, in the short term, it's, it works out great because we're not paying Aaron Jones and we've still got a stud in Bijan and you still got a very capable guy in A.J. Dillon and you're not paying a ton of money. So yeah, I do think that that's an option. And I think it's, it's really not talked about um, enough, the, the possibility of a trade for Aaron Jones. Again, my, 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 my assumption is that he's staying and we're just going to redo the contract. But just looking at it directly, uh, I do think it's worth at least discussing. For whatever reason, Omar, and I, I, don't, I never go back and re-listen to anything, but I wanted to go back and listen, and the second part of your call got all jacked up. I, we were like an hour and 10 minutes into this, and I went back and had to delete everything. So we're going to start over. But I've practiced the answer to your call now, so <laughs> this better be good. The one is, I don't know if I made this before the Super Bowl, or if my call made it before the Super Bowl, but I'm like you, man. I don't want the Chiefs to win because then they're like, oh, he's already better than Aaron Rodgers. I, I feel you. It's, it's the hater in us that we don't want that because yep. we love Aaron Rodgers and we, you know, we want everybody to know how great he is and everybody keeps looking at his rings all the time. Like, that's the only thing that matters. But, you know, I guess there's some arguments it does, some it doesn't. So I, I'm definitely rooting for the Eagles. But I don't really like the Eagles, but I always root for the underdog if my team's not in it anyway. So no matter who probably was playing, whoever the underdog was, I probably would have voted for them unless it was a team who didn't ever win, like the Bengals. Right. Um, that's the second thing. So, yeah, I guess the thing that I don't like about all of this is I know how recency bias works, and I understand all these things. And I think the last caller yesterday – I. I forget who it was that called in, but was talking about um, going back and looking at 2010, 11, 12, and just seeing Rodgers and how good he really, really was. And I, I, I guess I just take a lot of pride in having had Aaron Rodgers. Same pride I had in having had Brett Favre. And, and 
as Packer fans, we have a lot of pride in, in what's been accomplished and how good these teams have been and everything else. And, you know, Rodgers does belong in a special category. And my fear is he's not going to be in a special category, even among common NFL quarterbacks today. I feel like if Joe Burrow gets a ring and um, Josh Allen gets a ring, I think Rodgers is going to be one of those guys, right? And then Mahomes is on his own tier. Mahomes is a better quarterback, you know, more everything that Rodgers did, Mahomes is better. And he's because he's got the two rings and will probably end up with more, you know, he's just on his own tier. And Brett Favre will be down here with just the commoners, you know, with uh, he's just another Drew Brees and a Joe Burrow and a, and a Josh Allen and, uh, you know, just a, I don't want to say common because obviously he's in the upper tier, but he's in the upper tier with dozens of upper tier guys. And I, I think he belongs in a much higher class. Um, and I th- I just think he's going to be sort of disrespected as a result of of all that especially with him so yeah it is it is absolutely being a hater and all that stuff and I acknowledge that it's not rational and it's not fair I think Pat Mahomes deserves everything he got I think he's an incredible quarterback an incredible competitor I've never in my life heard of somebody having a high ankle sprain and then not being on the injury report and playing through and then somebody just lands and twists your ankle you're writhing in pain you go back you get a shot you come out and you win the Super Bowl I mean this is this is really incredible stuff. And Andy Reid is, I mean, there's really no arguing. There's there's a big question in my mind, similar to the Bill Belichick and, and Tom Brady thing. What could Andy Reid do in a different situation? I really think he'd thrive. I mean, it's funny because one of the things that's hard for me to do is to see what makes somebody special. And I think tight ends are like the biggest thing for me because they're always kind of slow and they never seem to be anything special about tight end. And every single time you know, Travis Kelsey would catch a pass. I'd look at it and think, give me one tight end in the NFL that couldn't have done that, and why not? Like, if you put Robert Tunyon and said, run that route, you're telling me he couldn't have run that route and got open? And I'm not saying Travis Kelsey isn't special. I'm, I'm just saying it just seems to me that this is such a well-oiled machine and, you know, massive credit to Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy and those guys for just putting together such a well-oiled, fine-tuned machine. And to be honest, their defensive coordinator deserves a massive amount of respect because it's just, it's pure brilliance. I've been saying for years, they don't have a ton of talent. They have talent, but they're not a top 10, 15, whatever. And they come out and for whatever reason, this dominant offensive line had a hard time running, at least the parts that I saw. They come out of the game and right down the, right out, right out of the gate, they try to run down the gut. Then the Chiefs don't let them because despite your raw power, we're smarter, you know, I mean, and, and the Eagles did were able to open it up and get down the field and everything else, but just the ability to maximize everything. They're incredible, but I don't like it. I'm a Packer fan. I want the Packers to be number one. That's, I don't think that's irrational, you know? You agree with that, man? Uh, third was this one. This goes for everybody. Uh, black, white, Asian, um, doesn't really matter. Uh, I remember it was a quick conversation about the whole the Chiefs thing, and the, the, I guess mainly the Redskins thing. I was like you. I was like, man, the Redskins. That's not a racist name. And I had a best, uh, not best friend, but I had a real good friend. Funny, he was a Bears fan. Um, that was you know Native American. He said it was. So I didn't really see his side of the view. And then, you know, me being in Virginia, and they had all these things with the statues, and I was 
uh, like the civil civil war statues, all the slave owners and stuff, and I didn't, you know, people wanted to take them down. I was like, yeah, I guess they should be down. I don't know. I, I didn't really get his uh, side of the story until I was kind of in it. And then people saying, like, no, the statues don't matter. They should be up there. And then I, I kind of, when I was in his shoes, I kind of was like, oh, yeah. And that kind of made me change my take on the whole Redskins thing. So I guess just everybody just look at everything from more than just your own point of view. Just look at it from other people's point of views, and that should make the world a better place. I think the majority of the world is not racist and it's only a few people, you know, but a lot of times people don't want to look at things. I hate that the three-minute thing cut him off because it's going to feel like I did it, but I promise you. It's, you can go back and count it. It was three minutes. No, but I, here, there, there's two things, and I'm, I'm kind of glad that the audio got messed up because I went on a much longer tirade than I needed to. Number one, I think there's a big difference between actively racist things like using racial words, terms, etc., um, and what we're talking about with the, the chanting thing, there, there, there's no racial anything involving that whatsoever. It's simply a matter of my culture created that you're using it. I don't like it. And you shouldn't be allowed to do stuff that my culture created. I think that's nonsense. And obviously it has nothing to do with racism or disparaging a race or hating a race or anything like that. It, it's very obvious to me, but some things are not so obvious. And I, I think you nailed it on the head in terms of, because that was kind of the conclusion I finally came to in my tirade, was we need to understand other people's perspective on stuff. And here's, here's the biggest problem is symbols. And a lot of different things can be symbols. But the problem with symbols is that different things can mean, the, the exact same thing means different things to different people. And words can be symbols. The word redskin, it's not a word that's a problem. It's a symbol. The word redskin became a symbol. And the problem is what a lot of people like to do is to take something that's a symbol and say, this is the only thing it can be, and it can't be anything else. And so if I take this word, let's just call it Zub-Zub, and I say Zub-Zub is racist, and I can prove it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Somebody else looks at Zub-Zub and says, this is absolutely not racist. I use this word to self-identify with who I am as a person. It represents my family, my culture, my heritage. It represents everything to me. And so what happens is I come in and I say, I'm going to take Zub-Zub away from you because it means racism. And when somebody pulls back and says, don't you dare touch this, what I say is, which is untrue and unfair, I say, you're defending racism. You're defending um, whatever. And they're clearly not. They're trying to hold on to something that is a part of their culture. Now, you might not agree that that's what the symbol should mean. I mean, you could use anything as a symbol. Look at the American flag. I've pointed this out before. There was a, a video I saw that was incredibly moving, in my opinion, and really illuminating. There were a group of protesters who were stomping on, spitting on, and burning an American flag. And a, a, a war veteran came in. He had tears streaming down his face, and he was pleading with them to please stop. And at the end of it, they, they sort of started to get along. And the protesters told him, like, look, I don't have anything against veterans or, or anything like that. And the guy was like, I don't have anything against your views. Like, I support you guys and all that, but please don't do this to the flag. It represents, you know, people that I love, people that have died. Rather than going in and seeing this guy try to pull and save the flag and saying, this guy is trying to save oppression, they listened to his point of view. And rather than, than, them, than that guy coming in and seeing that what they're doing is stomping and spitting on 
the graves of dead soldiers, he listened to their point of view. It's just a symbol. And we have to allow people to view symbols as they view it. And listen, if you're going to, um, I, I, I'll, I'll just end with this. We need to be very careful when we decide that this symbol is only what I say and I'm going to take it away. Because you have to understand that there are people who this symbol identifies them as a human being. It represents me, my family, my culture, my heritage. And, and I think redskin is a big one because you have Native Americans that self-identify with that name. You also have Native Americans that view that as a racist, oppressive name. And to go in and tear it down, you're doing a lot. You might be freeing some people, but you're tearing something away from other people. And so what I would prefer, as you said, Omar, is to be more understanding. As Aaron Rodgers said, be more understanding. And to, to focus rather than building up and tearing down symbols, treating people as individuals and recognizing that who they are as a person and and what they believe is more important than me pushing my view on that person and then tearing them down. Because, and, and again, this is why symbols are stupid, but you don't have the right to tell somebody what something means to them. Even if they're wrong, even if they're stupid, even if they're ignorant of the past and the history, you don't get to tell them that they are something that they're not. That's, I mean, that's just basically how you know that you're wrong, right? If, if you're conclusions have led you to believe something that's inaccurate, then your basis for doing it is stupid, right? If I, if there's a flag with the letter Z on it, and some people are like, yeah, this represents like Californians, and we love California and pineapple pizza. And I did some research, and it turns out there was a flag with the letter Z on it that used to mean like throwing babies off bridges. And so I'm going to take this away from you, and you can't have it anymore. And if you try to stop me, that means you hate babies and want them to die. That's stupid, man. Do I have the right to take that flag away from them? Let's say it's been in their, their culture for 400 years, which would be difficult, but let's just pretend. And why should I? Why should I take that from them? It has nothing to do with babies to them. It's about surfing and cruising down the beach and eating fish tacos and just living that Cali lifestyle. People in California got the Z flags flying on their cars and wearing Z flag t-shirts, representing who I am and what our culture's about and, and what I... Why would I want to take that away from them? And why would I want to try to push something on them that they're not? I mean, you get what I'm saying? You guys are opposed to throwing babies off bridges, right? Like, yeah, dude, I don't know why you would even think that. Okay, I'm just checking because there's like a history with the flags and stuff. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's crazy. But no, that's got nothing to do with me. Okay. Seems, <laughs> seems fair to me. I shouldn't be calling them baby killers. That would be weird and unnecessarily hostile. So I agree. We need to just relax, focus on minding our own business. And if there are some people who have bad beliefs, then there are bad people. And that's what it is. But the symbols have nothing to do with anything. You got to have to do the work to dig behind and find out what this person actually believes. And again, if you don't want to do that work, which makes sense, because I don't know why you need to dig into people's lives, then the only thing you have to do is mind your own business. That's it. Easiest job in the world. Very easy job. I promise you. Hey, Ryan, it's Nate. Um, just wanted to shoot something by you here. All right. What do you think about uh, maybe we just, like, skip the whole Super Bowl and we move draft day up? Because that's really all I'm interested in. Um, you know, I guess we can still have the combine, so we'll move the combine up and then move draft day up a little bit too. But I don't know. Who, who really cares uh, about this Super Bowl, you know? Um, I, I can pretty much already – look up all the commercials on YouTube, at least 90% of them. So what's the point? 
Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you, man. Um, I was very disappointed in this Super Bowl. I tried to make it cool. I tried to make it fun, and it just wasn't. Um, as I said, I literally couldn't even stay awake. <laughs> Um, that did happen to me one other time, but that was in college for a different reason. I couldn't stay awake, but, um, yeah, I mean, it just, it, it was, it was very boring. And I'll tell you what, if we could do the combine tomorrow, that would just make my life. I would be so happy if the combine was tomorrow. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to do this. I'm ready to dig in. I'm excited. Actually, as soon as I'm done with this, I'm going to start digging real hard to see like what's out there. Probably nothing. It's all probably talking about the Super Bowl still, but it's like, come on, people. Let's get into the draft. Give me some news. Give me some notes. Give me something. Let's get it rocking. We don't need to have this freaking post-mortem and arguing about a stupid penalty. Dude, I don't care. The season's finally over. Thank you, Lord. Time to move on. Next year is the year. Packers have been done for a long time. Let's turn the freaking page and get over it. And I'm sure most won't want to because they hate the offseason. So they're going to want to talk about the Super Bowl for two weeks. But I'm ready to move on. I'm ready to do this. Let's get the combine. Let's get these guys running in shorts, jumping and leaping and wingspanning and running around cones and doing stupid crap. I'm ready, man. I'm fired up. Hey, Ryan. This is Andy from Kansas. I, uh, I'm in the parking lot at K-State University. Have been the bus driver this morning for a math competition. Dang. Anyway, haven't been on the phone <laughs> Freaking for hardcore. Like over a month, I think. Uh, stepped away after, you know, end of not so great of a season. I think we all felt that. Um, decided to get into the Office Ladies podcast. Nice. With Jenna Fisher and Angela Kinsey. So that's been, that's been a fun thing. I remember checking that out when it first started. And then I just kind of stopped listening to it. But I should check it out. It's still going on. What do they talk about these days? I was wondering because I thought they just did like a walkthrough of each episode. It's got to be done. I guess it doesn't have to be done now if they do a season per year, which would be kind of short. But I don't know. I don't know. I'll have to check it out, see what they're doing these days. To do. Um, back on it, though, with uh, just a few thoughts about the game tomorrow. I don't really care who wins, to be honest, even though the locals, of course, would pull for Kansas City. I don't really care about that that much i think the eagles will actually win i think their strength in the trenches is going to be too much um i believe the eagles have three different guys with double digit sacks this year i just think it's going to be too much for for casey's line even though they're pretty decent um i was pretty impressed that the eagles were able to put up 31 on the niners and it wasn't because they dominated uh yardage they they just were efficient and I think when it comes to a game like the Super Bowl, uh, you know, that's going to pay off pretty well. Um, I'm certainly not counting the Chiefs out. I think Andy Reid is a great play caller and, and play designer and all that kind of stuff. And it seems like uh, Kansas City ends up avoiding weird negative situations, especially in playoff games. A couple of years ago against the Browns, for example, somebody reached out for the pylon and probably should have been called a fumble. And, uh, you know, the touchback rule, that weird thing when it goes to the end zone. Um, I think, I can't remember if the Chiefs made it to the championship game or actually made it to the Super Bowl that year, but, like, they shouldn't have even made it that far. So a lot of those things happen with, with Kansas City. Uh, I'm surprised at how often uh, they, they do avoid playoff problems, whereas throughout Aaron Rodgers' career, there's been a bunch. We don't have to rehash all of them. 
but obviously, you know, 09, 14, 15. Then, of course, the bad matchups in 19 and 20. Uh, Kansas City avoided Buffalo this year. I mean, that could have ended it for them. So uh, I don't think Mahomes is at his peak is better than Rodgers at its peak. I just think weird stuff happened to Green Bay too often, and it, it doesn't really happen with KC. Anyway, uh, I'll call back about some thoughts with the Eagles. Thanks. Bye. Yeah, well, obviously we all saw the Super Bowl. It didn't go as we planned. Again, massive props to Kansas City because it just kind of neutralized, you know, that dominant defensive line. Like you said, I, I thought I read somewhere they didn't have a single sack in the game. You know, you got a hobbled quarterback and one of the better defensive fronts in football and they can't get a pressure or, or a sack. It's pretty wild, man. That's all I'll say. Um... I think I'm going to end it with that. We'll catch your Eagles comments starting off tomorrow, Andy. I got to wrap this thing up. So you guys have a good day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye.